We've been hibernating. We're one week late. We'll explain all. We'll explain why we're one week late. Why we had to postpone a week. It's actually quite an interesting story. We'll make one up anyway. It'll be very interesting. But this is episode 57. So that means this is FI Goes PC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm your host, as always, Rebel Zen, a.k.a. Danny Hale. That's me. You all know that by now, those who are with you. We are the number of Heinz varieties. It's very important because if you like ketchup, there's probably 57 of those too, of different variants, mayonnaise and things like that, condiments. Looking rather confused. Pretty much I've just had to kickstart her. She did sleep about five minutes before she did this podcast. And she's full of noodles, so she's okay. I am with, as always, our producer, Winifred. Say hello. Hello. It's yeah. true, I am full of noodles. Full of noodles. <laughs> Not full of beans, because beans and noodles, that's a strange dish, but I'm sure some students out there have Gross. done it. Have done it. I'm sure they have. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we're here. We are in um, a self-induced quarantine center in the middle of uh, our field. Well, it's actually the kitchen. We're recording live from a kitchen. In our Not cave. a professional kitchen. No, it's a field tent. I told you, we're moving <laughs> into the field. Surrounded by sheep. Uh, mm. They actually moved out because I've just shredded up the, the uh, fields behind us because this has been the first week without constant rain we've had in England mm. for a while. They're getting ready to uh, plant the crops and start the process. <laughs> well, they're, they're hoping. It looks like a clay heap outside at yeah. the moment, so they might be getting into the brick business. I don't know. But it's been weather-wise, we've had some pretty good days. We've had spots of sunny days this week. We uh, started our week, and the reason that we didn't have a podcast is because we had a hugely busy couple of weeks, actually. So we usually get round to recording this ahead of time, if we can. Uh, not too far ahead of time, but ahead of time so we can edit it and give you the best. Well, rather, Wynn can edit it, and I can uh, <laughs> basically sleep. That's when I rest. Yeah. But, um, yeah, busy week. We started our week off when uh, this should have gone out last week. We were actually in Liverpool. Um, on the way to Liverpool, we saw a bunch of crazy flooding all over the fields and everything like that. I just thought it was like farmer's water features is what I was going to call it. It just looked like a new pond in the middle of a field. New pond or lake. Yeah. Yeah. There was a duck. There was a duck in the uh, new farm lake. <laughs> we haven't had any farm lakes near here, which we're very lucky. I guess it's because we're on kind of an incline. There's loads of hills near our field, mm. so we're okay. But um, it's been it's been a crazy week. So we start off in Liverpool. We were doing some stuff in Liverpool. Um, we just ran out of time. Guests have been hard to get because obviously unicorn slayers out hunting unicorns. It's prime season, so <laughs> you you won't really see unicorn slayer as much. But we will get him back at some point when we can tranquilize him. Um, Shaq's obviously Shaq is is busy. He did say that it'd be spontaneous, but I know he'll be back as well. And uh, yeah, you and I just had a lot to do. We had a lot of stuff to go through, going up to Liverpool, doing little things up there. Uh, I like to be close to my football team. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? I know you're you're listening probably somewhere. Uh, he's my mate from Liverpool. He's uh, he's a certified Liverpoolian. You actually do get a certificate. You get a certificate. Yeah, a certificate of Scouse. <laughs> yeah, it's for sure. Um, it was actually quite an interesting trip. We got to see places we'd never seen up mm. there. Uh, I didn't realise the Grand National was so close. Mm. I should have, but I'm not really a big horse racer. 
I prefer racing people that are set on fire. It's way more dramatic. It's a lot of fun. Only stunt crews. I won't actually just go around setting people on fire and race mm. them. I mean, you could, but it's illegal. Um, I don't even think there's actually an on-flame stunt crew races, but there should be. No, it doesn't exist. No, it should, it should be. That's the point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we big trip. And like one thing it's going to segue to, because we did another trip out in the wilds of the UK as well in a week. But that trip in particular, because of all of this hype, and we haven't really talked about it, we kind of briefly iced over it uh, with Pete, but the coronavirus, we all know it now, COVID number Mambo 59 or something like that, it's yeah, called. It's a global phenomenon now. Well, we all know about it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone listen, you're all in America, you're around Europe, especially if you're in Europe. And if you're in Europe, you will probably have missed last week because you've got nothing to do. You're under house arrest pretty much. So we're here to entertain you, all of you coronavirus uh, people or sufferers or non-sufferers or just people that are suffering because you could suffer. I don't know. People in house arrest around the world. Um, we're here to entertain you. My whole thing was because in the UK, if you don't know this, uh, but you've heard about it, I'm sure, in America and around Europe and in Asia, we've had a lot of our quarantine centers for that big thing in Japan, the cruise ship, and mm-hmm. everyone was shipped back, was yeah. at a place called The Wirral. Yeah. Which actually sounds like it could be a cool nightclub, <laughs> like a up to duty kind of everyone that fox hunts goes back and has a rave at the end of it. Right. The Wirral. 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 <laughs> It's very hard to say that when you got no teeth. Wirral. Wirral. Wirral, yes. I like Wirral better. Wirral. It's way funnier. Um, but basically, if you're actually in Liverpool now, a lot of people know it as the Wirral. Um, but basically, it's an area. It's kind of an ice-ish area, I would say. Um, urban-y. Uh, but basically, the university hospital there, which I find weird, is the one that we're sending all these guys off the cruise ship, allegedly. And I'm going to say allegedly... Because we don't know for sure, but we have seen a few Skype calls to the BBC with big smiling faces and happy grins saying, oh, look, we're okay. We've got it's a nice where they're little... being quarantined. Yeah, basically. we've got a nice little apartment here and everyone's in their hoodies, so it doesn't look like any different from normal life. But anyway, that's where they are. And I was expecting more of an impact in Liverpool, but there was nothing. It was like life as we know it. No. Standard day in Liverpool. And the weather was bad, so that's that's something. Typical. But the weather has been pretty brutal in Liverpool, and I yeah. think it cost us our uh, Champions League match, but I'm not going <laughs> to dwell on that too much. Um, we will say this, coronavirus, if you're listening, I just want to make some cliff notes here, because a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people talking about this in the media, a lot of podcasts are discovering this uh, topic now, some people are doing a cross-conspiracy theory kind of approach some people like Bill Burr, hello Bill Burr, how are you doing, uh, are just dealing with this kind of matter-of-factly. I just think there's a few things need to be said that aren't being said just to keep everyone at bay. I think if you guys have the opportunity to skip work and not go to school and maybe watch everything online instead of doing anything in life, it could be a nod to the future. Mm. We could watch sports without any audiences. Yeah, well, (laughs) a lot of uh, classes have been moved online and... um... I think it's going to be the new normal in a way. Like, well, it could be. I it's mean, more accepted. Basically. Here's the thing, guys. Like coronavirus. Okay, let me just start with that. Medical terms, coronavirus is a strand related to the common cold, which can escalate, evolve to be a flu, influenza, 
and in some cases has evolved as a separate strand, mutated strand, bear with me, that is something like SARS, respiratory disease, which they say Middle Eastern respiratory disease. I can't mm. say respiratory. Respiratory. There you go. Got my <laughs> I think teeth it's in. also known as MERS. Or MERS. Yeah. So if you're a merman no. <laughs> or a merwoman, uh, that's what you can get. But basically, it's a strand. It's a segue. And these things evolve and strands change every year pretty much or even fundamentally could weekly change. Mm. Say. But this one in particular is on one TV channel, BBC, constantly being called the coronavirus. Most tabloid papers, coronavirus. But then Sky likes to call it this corvine or something. Yeah. Number 1,255. I'm going to just change that. But anyway, whatever you've heard it, Kavir or something. COVID-19. Co- yeah, okay. Well, that's the official one I like to just say. Whatever that label is, that's the exclusive Wuhan strand, mm. a- according to everyone. I'm just going to point this out, okay? And I I like to do this because I just think it's fairer. If you are panicking, I mean legitimately freaking out, especially if you're in your 70s or plus, which is seemingly the target for this thing uh, to wipe out our older aged populace and, you know, from society so that the young can inherit the world, whatever, because that's the story the media is saying. It's pretty much deadly to anyone over 70. I'm just going to make two points here, medical points, okay? Number one, influenza being a swine flu, bird flu, and other such flus have had more of a death toll than this has. Number one, just to keep it real, okay? Number two, interesting thing. A lot of people that are dying from this have a precondition. Pre-existing so, Yeah, condition. yeah, they might have a respiratory problem Mm -hmm. they might have a lung issue they might be chain smokers which it burns your fingers because chains are usually made out of metal (laughs) they could be a lot of things but they're going into it with you know not good health if you are perfectly healthy i think this is going to be as far as it could ever be a really bad sort of fluey stroke cold strand Mm -hmm. but it's so non-specific and the thing that worries me about it medically is the WHO has kept the very significant hardline stance that this is not something to be supremely concerned about. They have. But I don't know why global politicians are literally losing their mind over this. And sports government bodies, uh, events bodies, even local government are hosting events. Everyone's super nervous about it to the point where FIFA... And the FA and UEFA, I'm pretty sure CONCAF and everyone else, has issued a no-contact order. So people now have to start their football match walking arrogantly past each other, which is quite a weird <laughs> thing to see in the UK, you yeah. know. Um, no shaking hands. Yeah, no, it, but it's, it's like this extreme craziness to something that in all sakes and purposes, guys, is medically a cold. Or, you know, I'm going to say at worst a flu strand. For that to be this kind of panic, you know, for, for shopping to be like frantic, for everyone to think it's a zombie apocalypse, for all these people just freaking out, it's very concerning. It's concerning to me how the tabloid are limiting stats as well, like how the Sun newspaper, which anyone who's in Liverpool right now will boo instantly and hiss, but the Sun newspaper has claimed there's only one billion people in China, which I think is hilarious. You know, that's recently. 
and out of that only a hundred thousand have died which is not true statistics so it's There's like a lot of misinformation well it is and it's also around. interesting to me how a doctor can declare so fast that someone's got coronavirus as a strand which is almost i think impossible to see the difference between that and a normal flu strand anyway unless there is something that they're not telling us and it's got like a neon light on its head but the doctors are also kind of giving us these stats and death tolls very quickly now i don't know if anyone's out there but if you've ever gone through a process of losing someone there's a weird situation to their death and autopsy results take months but apparently in sixty thousand rush plus at the nhs they can tell you in seconds you know that's just not true it's not realistic so I'm concerned with a lot of things out there that people are listening to. They're panicking about it. There's people who aren't really too much panicking about it, but they are talking about it. And I feel like the weight of talking about it and discussing it every day creates this kind of acceptance that we're being treated like a kind of semi-dystopian way where mm -hmm. the public has no say. We're all told we can't do anything. Yeah. We're all told that schools we can't. Schools are closed. Yeah, schools are closing without any kids' input, even though if I was a kid at school, I'd love that. <laughs> I'd be all about it. But there is this, this weird system in place. Yeah. I kind of feel like, in regard to the schools at least, it doesn't matter how seriously the people at the top take it. I feel like it's a bit of a disclaimer move. So the parents don't blame the schools from continuing if they do. You know, it's almost yeah, well, like, well, you know. I think, again, I'm going to just point this out there. I think the panic about what it's going to do to most schools, and we're talking high schools mm -hmm. to junior schools, who I think are out the danger zone of how badly this thing can affect you. Unless there is like this heavy asthmatic or yeah. something like this. Yeah. But it's just the way that we are being mollycoddled. And I feel like the universal reaction to this and the fact that there is now power position celebrities. Oh, Tom Hanks might have it. Oh, this guy's been checking for it. And uh, I think the Canadian's prime she minister's wife. wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like it's almost that's put in play to very verify that this has a severity connected to it. In fact, Arsenal's manager got it. And mm -hmm. so that's when all of this stuff that has been discussed by the FA becomes more real. One guy gets it. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to knock out the entire Premier League audience and all of this stuff. But I honestly think it's tactical because I've never known. We had a bowler about four years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was like an, a case that lasted like compared to this a week. It felt two weeks at tops. Maybe a couple I know it months, kept coming yeah, back yeah. and forth, but it's... it didn't take every news channel. No, twenty four seven reports reinforced every single right. day. Every single and if minute. you're listening in Hong Kong, I don't know what the coverage is there because you got a lot of other stuff going on at the same time. But here, it's completely our twenty four seven news. In fact, they turn something totally irrelevant mm -hmm. and make it about Corona at the moment. Now, I've just got to say, like anyone listening. Please be suspicious of it because I'd love to know in the wake of this, if this all disappears like it never happened, just go back and think and keep in mind the stages of how crazy this was. Yeah, the escalation. Yeah, the escalation, the banishment, the freedoms that are being taken away, essentially. It really does feel dystopian. It does. It feels like we're in a dystopian world. Mm. It also feels weird when Boris Johnson, love him or hate him, I'm not going to say my opinion, definitely needs a hairstylist. <laughs> Just going to say, um, when he is reading from an, uh, a, a message 
that's an alarm bell to me because he doesn't usually present like that. Right. Okay. So he usually just speaks. Yeah. And I, I, I've never felt our politics to be so on threat of being taken over by an unseen writer, so to speak, mm. as times like this, when it's unilaterally not standing on an independent foot and saying some different rhetoric. Trump, again, love him or hate him, definitely needs a hairstylist. <laughs> he literally, at one point, said this whole thing was a hoax. Did and he? then, yeah, yeah, he oh did. Gosh. Publicly, I think yeah. on Twitter. Probably. You know, but I think he said that and then retracted to the point where he's now banning people leaving or going to America. Oh, yeah. Most recently, uh, all continental European flights have been banned to right. the U.S. So everyone's kind of going through London now to right. get back to the States, if possible. Well, it's, 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 all, it's all weird. Mm. And it is dystopian because that kind of control, it, it goes into something I've been saying for many moons. There is a nationalism happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. We and mentioned this, this in like uh, the New Year. Yeah, episode, yeah, but yeah. it's there is a sense of nationalism where borders are getting stronger, things are being controlled. The riots in Hong Kong, the protests in Hong Kong caused the first bubble of this. Yeah. There are places in the world that you probably wouldn't really want to be part of going, like India with the riots and protests going on there, unless that's your thing. Maybe you do the world tour rioting right now. I'm not sure. <laughs> But it's a stark contrast since we had Trump in office, then all of this stuff with Brexit. It's a stark contrast to 10 years ago when everything seemed more global, when we were flying happily, yeah. freely, sharing International culture. International rather than right. national. Minded. And that was under Obama's care, mm -hmm. you know, which there's a pun in that. Um, <laughs> but basically, all I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to be liberal or anything. I'm just saying it's really intriguing to me because Ebola happened under Obama. Mm. And none of this felt so messed up and so isolated. And I'm just going to put it out there quick. Ebola is quite a deadly, well, no, not quite, it is a deadly disease, yeah. essentially. The, more, the fatality rate is a well, lot it's, higher. Well, it's horrendous. It's the thing that you put in a horror story, a biological war film like Outbreak or something, which I, I think was based around Ebola. Mm. It's super scary yeah. stuff, okay? But this thing, to me, is less worrisome than a common cold than the flu you know one of the things that's really pushing the fear i think is the use of language yeah well the bullet points of language is terrifying that's your territory if you yeah, want to go yeah. for it i was just gonna say because i recently read an article off the uh, scholarly journal website jstor you can find it if you like it's called when language goes viral and i'm just gonna read a short extract because i think it's really relevant and really important just to sort of like put it out there so quote as with many other recent global crises, there has been a flood of dangerous misinformation and with it the insidious viral spread of toxic speech through social media. With people beginning to grapple with fearsome unknowns over which they have little control, the public conversation has nourished a sense of permissiveness around acts of outright racism and physical violence. The wrong kind of name might give listeners the wrong idea. By February 11th, when the World Health Organization gave the name COVID-19 to the mystery disease, it was perhaps too late. A range of colloquial labels had already taken root. Since there's more than one kind of coronavirus, people came up with intuitive names that reference the disease's origins, such as the China flu or Wuhan virus. While these names may have been used neutrally at first, it became clear that they had the potential to reinforce harmful stereotypes. As a disease name, COVID-19 is easy to pronounce and also follows the WHO convention of not referencing animals. People are places to avoid stigmatizing them. Close quote. So yeah, 
Well, I think it is, it, it, you know, the, the rhetoric with people using words like that in the media these days is to gain attention, to gain headlines. The fact that everyone's talking about it gives them props, gives them, you know, viewership because it is a ratings war. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, for me, it, it concerns me that the general public don't understand, even in that rhetoric, what you just uh, quoted, there is, you know, using the term, there are many coronaviruses. That's not true. There is the coronavirus, which is a term, blanket term, for many virus strands that lead to it's like a base. Mm. It's like a building block. Well, I think that's also the, the, the key point. Before it had a name, people thought it was cold coronavirus, you know? Well, the general, this is the point that I'm trying to make. The general public are less informed unless you have gone to medical school, unless you have studied medicine in any sense. Okay, this guy, Chinese medicine, most people, Western or whatever. You will know terms. Terms crop up quite a lot in a modern day time, Okay. Mm. And you should know terms and it should be unilateral. I had many years of trying to be taught, translated from text of Chinese into English. So for me, it was all crazy. But out there is common sense, coronavirus base thread strand of influenza. I think for it, the normal person, this. though, it's the first time that it's been used colloquially. So That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the fact that it was labeled so fast. Yeah. And the fact that no researcher in journalism does their job properly, and the fact that you've got a name that basically sounds scary, like, yeah, it sounds like <laughs> Ebola, right? Yeah. So, it's the concept of uh, of Corona is that it means crown in Spanish. So the concept, it's the king of viruses. It's just really cheesy, and the fact to me, it's actually called Corona because the formation of yeah, the, the cells, yeah, the physical, yeah, yeah, construction, right? The the formation of the cells that link it. Anyway, they can mutate, and it can turn into influenza, and the strand of swine flu will base itself from a Corona strand. So, if you know medicine, or if you are out there as a doctor, I do not know why, but it feels like no one's talking to them. And they're being hushed. It's like a very strange thing because when you watch the news, you're never getting that tidbit. No one's telling you the facts about what coronavirus actually is base level. The mutated strand that this thing is, your COVID or uh, Charlie Monkey 7 or whatever you want to call it, that, because that's just a label, okay? Yeah, it's just a name. Right. Mm -hmm. So that to me, because the CO will be corona something and the VID will mean something, it's like coded, you know? In medicine, basically what it is, is when you have a stock, so you're doing stock, so this this thing's a screwdriver, but mm. it's kind of a certain screwdriver, you're gonna have a code name for that screwdriver yeah. in a drawer in a factory that's got about 50 of them. It's the same thing it's in medicine. Reference. It's the same thing for medicine. So this is Corona VID, mm -hmm. that's basically how you read it, Exactly. okay? But the thing that I'm trying to say to people out there in the world, Okay, is that it is the common cold strand. Mm. It is a flu strand. Now, I believe, sincerely believe, that the way we are overreacting with things in general, the way Hong Kong's blown up with the protesting and the rioting and all of this stuff, it's still going on, though. So I, I don't really feel like we were at the tail end. I think we were at the kind of middle point, I'd yeah. say. But it's still ongoing. Less intense, sure, but it's still ongoing. Yeah. This whole thing that's happened is showing me in major cases how the media 
and the governments are using stories to completely take everyone out of the picture. So they can start making maneuvers behind our scenes and stuff like this. Now, I'm just saying that because of what happened in Brexit was like that. We had three years of it. And then suddenly we get a deal that not many people have access to know what the deals are. We're just going to be told them as and when. This whole thing comes up out of nowhere. The misinformation is absolutely from the start. No journalist is saying sorry. No journalist is apologizing. Somewhere in the small print on the BBC website, CNN website, Fox website, or even TVB website, you're going to get the truth. Some journalist with a conscience buried at the back end of the page is going to turn around and say, actually, it's not that big a deal. Okay? But you're swarmed by all of these crazy, crazy, crazy horror stories. Now, I'm going to wrap it up because it wasn't the point of the podcast, but it's really important for you guys out there. Don't panic too much. Keep an open mind, be suspicious, and if you can and where possible, especially if you're over 70, live your lives. Just live your lives, man. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like, you know, this the, the pressure on us as people in today's planet, especially with media being so extremely heard and listened to, is that we tend to stay at home and freak out and not want to do anything. Life you know? still goes on. So it's kind of a case where all I'm saying, guys, is there could be some truth to this to actually freak a lot of governments out. There could be something. But I highly doubt it's the common cold, and I highly doubt it's this strand that's happened. Because the the biggest indication is that Wuhan has had this under control. It's not a Chinese censorship situation. It has. There's legitimacy. Our own reporters said that in the first week that their response time to this was unlike anything they've ever seen before. Really, really quick and efficient, which is, in my head, China, okay? So say it what you like, love it or hate it, but I don't know any other country in the world that can build a skyscraper in six months. They can, (laughs) and we've seen it. So all I'm saying is, like, just get real with this stuff. Don't go out there freaking out and getting all the toilet roll. I don't even know if that's true or not. I sometimes feel like it's being held back. Uh, there's there's so many weird things going on because we saw Morrison's hasn't changed its stock. It looks the same as every day. And if you're in the UK, that's a big supermarket chain. But when you go to Sainsbury's, they had blank shelves. To me, it doesn't make sense because we've been to Sainsbury's three or four times. There's a lot less people going because of this fear. There's a lot more uh, senior citizens if you're in America. Just to give you perspective, they go to this shopping uh, supermarket more than the younger crowd, I would say. So there could be panicking, but I just feel like everyone's got to stay rational with this. And when I turn around to you and literally say in definition, and you can quote me on it, I don't care. Coronavirus is the common cold strand. And if this kind of quarantine level happens with that, how are we going to seriously, when something major comes along, we're all not going to believe in it. Yeah. Or... We're going to now start freaking out about every single thing in life. Oh, I cut myself and I'm going to bleed to death because I cut myself. Because, it's a possibility. You know, we've got to start being rational. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, feel free to enjoy time off. I suggest everyone has a coronavirus barbecue, meet and greet. Like, uh, bring your own stuff and, you know, definitely mingle. Stop being paranoid of each other because that's the end of 
humanity. Yeah, it is really. Oh, you know, man. that's that's when we all will only talk to each other on Skype. What yeah. a sad world that'll and be. And just be careful about the media. Like something that caught my attention with the, a BBC article is that it was written. It was trying to correct some previous information or something. And it was written by the BBC reality check team. And I'm like, shouldn't all news have been reality checked? Well, the fact that the fact that there is this yeah. is it's almost like we live in a world and I think America started it. And I think anyone who's in America will slap me on the back and say, yeah, we agree. This disclaimer heavy world because mm -hmm. of suing culture. Yeah. And we in England are doing the PC thing in a really weird way. In America, it's really PC. <laughs> like, you'll get told off having to go to a serial killer because, you, well, they're human too. You don't know how rough their childhood was. Well, they murdered 16 people, dude. Oh, yeah, but, the, you know, they got abused as a kid. We're in that world yeah. in America kind of a thing. Here in the UK, we're more like Hugh Grant. We're just more like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really, I am sorry. I'm, you know that stuff I said last week? I'm really sorry about that. It's turning into that. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a big whole bunch of stuff coming up and it's kind of a gripey. We're get, getting rid of grievances this week. Uh, the coronavirus for me is a personal pet peeve. It's really winding me up and I don't think it's a big conspiracy. I think there's just a lot of dumb people leading a lot of countries right now, ill-informed. I think even, and I say dumb, it's mean like a politician might be so freaking out about all of this stuff because if you were running a country and you had a threat of an outbreak pandemic it would freak you out and if you're not getting the right information and you're not medically uh savvy mm -hmm. right you're basically as screwed as everyone else in all of yeah. this so if you are panicking you're panicking at the top to the bottom but i just think we got to get a reality check kids you know and i'm a chinese doctor so there don't look like it no you don't. i don't look like it i'm very hidden but i am uh, okay, so on the topic, you were talking about toxic catchphrases and viral things and all of this kind of stuff, this rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got the best place to go for your toxic viral t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and all apparel. <laughs> toxic viral wording. Whipped with sharp, bladed accuracy to make one laugh from 100 meters. Yes, we're talking, of course, about our sponsor here at uh, FIO's PC, yes. They also kitted us out in season two in Hong Kong, it's all up on YouTube. You know that now. If you don't know, that's how you make. Check out the series on YouTube. Drop comments, none of you do, but you should. Mm. So all you gotta do to get your brilliant t-shirts, your hoodies and stuff like this, I mean, all season long, it's very cool. They've got loads of stuff, loads of gimmick stuff, loads of novel things. Those stuff exclusive to North America. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, North America. But all I'm going to say is go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait. That is, if you didn't catch it, I'm just going to say it again. Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait. Do that right now. Part of the Teespring community. Big fans of their work. Phase two is coming soon. Don't know when, but we'll tell you as soon as we do. Right then, so moving on from coronavirus, I did kind of cut it off with Pete and just call it the uh, virus named after beer. And I will yeah, tell beer you, viruses. yeah, I will tell you, it spiked their business it did. really big it time. It did actually. Yeah, <laughs> another shout out to Dave up in Liverpool. He actually sent me the stats, mm. and it's quite incredible how much it spiked it. Which tells me two things, because this was in Japan mm. when it spiked. Okay, 
And Japan has been one of the most hostile countries about all of this. To react, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Real, real panic out there, okay? Very dystopian, actually. Now, I'm just going to turn around and say that tells me two things. One, the Japanese people have the best sense of humor in the world. And two, their way of dealing with this is getting loads of beer. <laughs> well done. I think Pete would approve that. So if you're listening in Japan, arigato gozaimasu. Kanpai. Hi. So that was, we just showed how multicultural we were. Uh, and we are multicultural. Uh, we all come from different places. But anyway, so the gripes that we have accumulated has stemmed, for me, it's the, the, this kind of shove that we're getting where there is no definition between, I, I feel like governments are losing their kahunas. Wow, I'm multilingual today. <laughs> They're literally just becoming, um, you know, the do not put your poodle in a microwave disclaimer mm. on a microwave in America, the stickers, because someone did it stupidly, live animals. God, Didn't that's sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There, there's oh. a lot of stuff. We're not going to advertise that. Don't want to. But there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that do stuff. Some of it for sick pleasure mm. and some of it because they're really stupid. Yeah. But basically, we all know those disclaimers. We all read them as natural, smart, savvy people and just go, you got to be quite out there to do something like that, yeah. right? I'm just going to turn around and say it. Our governments around the world are treating us like that. Mm. You know, it's, it's getting that bad. So coronavirus, that's one thing. And I really wanted to tackle that because I know people close to me, my auntie, bless her, my cousins, bless them. Your cousin, bless him, and her, and them. And I that. have many cousins. Yes, you're I know. To you got about sixty-five thousand. Um, but you know, parents with their kids, young kids, friends of mine, friends mm -hmm. of yours, they're looking at this situation. It's a horror story, man. Yeah. This is the closest I think we've ever got to something that feels like the zombie apocalypse. Mm. It really isn't that big a deal, though. That's the thing to me. There's worse things. There Statistically, how many people die by getting hit by a car? Statistically, how many people get killed in a car? Statistically, yep. how Cancer. many people have heart attacks? Yes. It's all fundamentally how you look at it. Yeah. And if we're going to go this mental over some kind of base strand for the flu, right? And flu can lead to pneumonia. In fact, there's more counts of that happening. But we've got to get real. So my job is to say that. And my job is now to say... I'm not a big believer in conspiracies. So I'm going to flip this over. A lot of conspiracies are really stupid. Okay? The construct that this could be some kind of initiated CIA movement. No, it can't be. That's dumb. Okay? They'd operate better than that. Trust me. I've got, <laughs> they do a better job. Yeah, I've got 55 <laughs> CIA conspiracies that you can believe. This isn't one of them. Um, but there is just a lot of fluff in the air. And mm -hmm. I think that fluff damages the severity of how much we are being lied to about this because fluff you want so that you can read it and then it will say something at the end of it oh and aliens have probably brought it to us on the space rock that makes me just go well then you've just discredited anything that you were building up to make people think when people label themselves as truthers truthers i'm done yeah yeah it's the whole flat earth believers right. and the, basically the truthers are the ones that are woken to the truth and this is the thing that's really doing my head in in america sorry love you and i do and you know i do but when you hashtag woke 
and you hashtag me too and you hashtag truth and you hashtag all of this stuff and then you make it a t-shirt just understand that eventually we'll have the whole dictionary and all of it will be a movement it'll be stupid and i hashtag broccoli hashtag don't give a hashtag hedgehog all right think of that what you will so my whole thing just to get real again we've gone through some things this week that we haven't done before so we're in the process of looking um to get a new cave with windows this time uh, and aircon yeah okay? we're migrating in the UK. caves <laughs> we're trying to migrate caves <laughs> and in this process there's this thing called agencies of caves okay mm -hmm. like estate cave agencies now i'm just noticing this basically we're looking to kind of get a hq to keep us local and stuff like this to set up a studio blah 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 and my point is never and i've been in america for 12 years prior to this okay on and off might add i haven't been there for 12 years but i've been on and off for 12 years going back every summer and winter my point is when people say that realtors which is what they call in america just want to sell a house they just want to sell a house they get a commission but they got a fair price everything's fair you know but in the uk an estate agent seems to absolutely loathe and detest people who want to buy a house they represent the seller and hate the buyer mm. which i can see a problematic formula okay because obviously they're trying to boost the price so they get a higher cut commission check for that property all right but as a buyer you're the target you're the victim mm -hmm. and that to me is ludicrous because can you imagine if all shopping was like that <laughs> i want to get this can of beans do you do you really want to get that can of beans yeah i do yeah i sure are you sure you do it'll be like that right i've noticed a trend and it's something that's been doing my head in for a long long time and again, this is very hard to say when Pete's around because Pete's part of the profession of it. I was too. And that's waiting, waiting waitress staff, mm -hmm. anyone in the restaurant trade, front of house, okay? Yeah. There is now an implemented, usually not always, service charge, which I think started in America and it was to rationalize tipping because sometimes you have a big place, you've got to rationalize tipping. Not everyone's going to get it. So it neutralizes the playing ground, okay? Because some people had all their mates turn up. They were getting 50 bucks extra a night. Whereas three people had just regular Joe Schmoes. And they were getting $2.50 a night. So it was a way to neutralize that. I get it. That's what it's there for. Fingers. In the UK, we don't have a tipping culture. And usually when you have a service charge, it's a corporate scheme. It's literally borrowed from the US way of working. It's not the independent. The independents very rarely do a service charge. Okay, because there's still the tipping culture. And here, like America, we used to tip based on merit. How good the service was, how good the quality of the food was. Right? Literally that. Now, a great experience. You yeah, know, yeah. And it's basically <laughs> like you're not being paid enough for this brilliant restaurant. Yeah. You this, need more. This That's is worth the more than what I actually paid. Absolutely. So I'm going to tip. Right. Yeah. So that was, it was like a bonus yeah. because you work for it. You know, like the best of your field. Mm -hmm. Over time, it became a reliance in the USA because of underpaying staff. Yeah. Now, I get that. In the UK, we don't know. We put you on a minimal wage. Now, if you're a full-time employer or you're a management, that wage bracket goes quite competitively high. I'm just saying that 
because I want people to understand the difference. The US, they don't do that. In the UK, they do do that. Now, Japan, which our experience in Tokyo was amazing. And I'll tell you why it was amazing, because Japan has never changed. It's still that culture. Mm -hmm. The thing is, they remove the tipping culture because they pay everyone fairly for the jobs they're doing. That's yeah. the Japanese way. It's yeah. honest. And it is honest. It's, it's a very honest culture. So much so, it changes you quite dramatically. We talked about that before, but I'm just getting racked off every time I go to a restaurant. Because if everything's up quality, if everything was getting better, mm -hmm. I could understand it. Okay, but everything's getting worse. Yeah, these corporate kind of conglomerized sort of brewery chains, which neutralize the restaurant field, have destroyed what a pub meant to our culture once upon a time. Yeah, you keep telling me how different. Pubs well, you were keep seeing it. You keep seeing glimmers of it. There, the new honest what I grew up having as a standard is called a gastro pub now, or right. or a bistro pub. Okay, mm -hmm. or a brasserie. All right, which is borrowed from France. But the conglomerate stuff, the M&B run stuff like All Bar One, The Harvester, Millers and Carters, the, the, the chain, yes, yeah, Stonehouse, Frankie and Benny's is yeah. part of that. They're all owned by the same link. Yeah. And therefore, you start seeing the similarities, but mm. everything is literally precise, managed, vacuum packed mm -hmm. sent you specifically most of it's heated up most of it's thrown in an oven there's no creativity nothing from scratch it's basically not always not always but most of the time it is it's all portioned it's this it's yeah. that it's very routine it's not unlike working at Domino's, believe it or not right where you have your toppings layouts all the menus and you know how to do it how much to put on and etc there's like limitations and stuff like this cooking times and blah 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 it's all very precise. Efficient, very efficient, yeah. yeah. Because it's basically the American corporate sense of maximize your profit by minimizing cost. Mm -hmm. That's basically how it runs. Mm -hmm. My problem with it is that it's still, it's Domino's running like a restaurant, okay? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that quality boosts. Mers and Carter to Harvester level, massive leap, okay? Yeah. Frankie and Benny's leap to All Bar One, huge leap, okay? Yeah. All, all I'm saying is, it's still not better than what we used to have. When it used to be independent room pubs, and there are still enough in the UK for people to still understand what I'm talking about, especially in places like Liverpool and York and areas like that, the quality when it's an independent, when it's a kitchen round with staff and all of this stuff, is light years different. Mm -hmm. When there's creativity in restaurants, they're better. When a chef is really good at what they're doing to the fact that they could be a home cook level, but top level, massive plates of lasagna, huge plates of like shepherd's cottage pie, whatever, fish pie, stuff like this, easy stuff, roast dinners, carveries, that can be done at a level mm -hmm. that the other guys just can't do it at. Independent places tend to source locally as well, which is yep. better and cheaper for them. Massively important in mm -hmm. the restaurant trade was that it used to source locally. I get fed up when people tell me out running out of food stock and the waste because everything's processed now. More or less. These big chains just get frozen fries. You can do that at home. These big chains get burgers that are coming in stacks. You can do that at home. Yeah. Frozen, by the way. Defrosted and then cooked. Nothing's fresh. They, they call it that, but it's not. And the biggest con to me is that that quality has got so bad, it's almost on par with even your worst mate's mom's cooking when you were <laughs> growing up. It's almost on par with that. 
you know, just chicken nuggets, fries, slap it in the oven. Mm. That's literally what they're doing in most of these places. Only it's deep fat fryer, so it makes it a bit more glamorous. But it's just literally insane for me to think how we're being ripped off. These places throw in a service charge, 10%. So you're paying all their staff, no matter how good or bad or crap or whatever the service and the food is, you are forced down that path. You have to, okay? So what we're doing is we're paying the staff's salary, which makes more profit for the companies and less for the, it's again, the consumer's getting ripped off. Mm. And I can put that situation in everything, but it really sunk in with how estate agents treat buyers yeah. in, in property, yeah. be it renting or buying. It's becoming detached from reality. Yeah. And if a government really cares about the population, they need to address things like that because that's going to have such an impact in work ethic, in nutrition, mm -hmm. in the general welfare of our people. When they sit there and talk to me about coronavirus, a common cold and flu virus, and how lethal it is, and they're really protective, so much so they want to cancel sport events, they want to do this or that and the other, yet they're not protecting our money. For example, we didn't get ourselves in the banking crisis. Mm -hmm. We didn't get ourselves into all this debt. We didn't lose... 10 trillion dollars or whatever Rumsfeld lost. We always get the short end of the stick. In the USA. It's the same in America. Yeah. The thing is, I feel for America because we're similar. We're almost their twin at the moment. We're, we're sort of growing from their pain. You know, we're so linked to the culture of it. Hong Kong too. But Hong Kong just doesn't know it yet. Okay. Most of Europe as well going through this. Corporate strangulation, suffocating independence, culture being completely removed. Mm-hmm. And it makes identity all over the place. It's funny, isn't it? Because the government was so behind the 70-plus-year-old voting in Brexit, so behind it, that they're now released, essentially, the horror story that kills all of those votes. It's <laughs> terrible. It, I know, but it seems that's the narrative. I like so how there's, like, no Brexit news either. Yeah, no, that's gone. Yeah, that's, that's just, gone. No one cares anymore. 11 months, and that's counting down real fast. We've already had three months, and mm. it's going real fast mm. my point is guys and girls listen it's really sad state of affairs and i feel like we're hitting that notion like there's a lot of millennials out here and they're treating all of this as they should as a first time event in their life but their their notion of it if i was 20 and you presented this pandemic to me at 20 years old mm -hmm. after what i've lived the ira bombings that happened in the UK, we were getting a backlash of the Falklands, you know, Gulf War, all that, war on terror. I've watched the media reporting once upon a time. I've watched the birth of the internet mm. and I've watched how media became after 9-11. Yeah. When it's all sensationalized after that point where it was like, you know, you had cameras all over the place in the toilets, on the windows and the guy driving the car, whatever. Mm. It's all become ludicrous. And for a millennial, to compare the 20-year-old me to a 20-year-old millennial, it's mm -hmm. night and day different. Because I honestly feel anyone born with the internet as a standard, mm -hmm. we get to that age, maybe four in some cases, maybe eight in some cases, maybe 13 in some cases, where you suddenly get a phone. You're locked into it then. Yeah. It's becoming dangerous yeah, because obviously, obviously everyone's reading social media as if it's based on fact. The conversations they're having with people of their own age around the world, it's based on fact. It's not. Everyone's as scared as anyone. No one really has a clear reality. If you've lived in a world that's only had the internet, 
you don't know how to perceive truth and fiction anymore. My my belief. No, absolutely. A lot of my students, you know, I'm trying to teach them how to like research stuff, and I'm like, you know, you got the internet as a resource. And the problem they have is they don't know, you know, they Google something and they have a bunch of links and they can't differentiate what's good information and what they should use. Yeah. I mean, and it's also crazy because I remember growing up, we had like encyclopedias and Carter and mm -hmm. all this stuff had been launched. And Carter, <laughs> we've discussed before, but and Carter, yeah. for all those kids that don't know, listening now, was basically a disc based encyclopedia. And it was amazing. Yeah. You could like go to any culture in the world and hear folk songs. Mm -hmm. It was like Wikipedia, but fact and, and closed source. Yeah. Okay. So the, this, the, the, the collaborators happened without you knowing and would patch through as an update so you'd get more information, but it wasn't an open source this was a scholar-based academic project the microsoft one all i'm going to say is it gave you truth now that truth can change 300 times in one week what you read yesterday probably doesn't exist in a month's time that's scary it is and it's by the rewriting history but it's why i keep saying if you base on the who release of what coronavirus is mm. if you base on what a tip meant if you base on the fact that ever since the Lehman Brothers, when we have been classed as bankrupted around the world, we're still going. Mm -hmm. Retail's still happening. Yeah. Prices are still increasing. Are we therefore paying off our government's mistakes? Are we therefore all contributing globally to America's economy to help them bail themselves out for the money that Rumsfeld lost? Because you can find that quote, Rumsfeld, night before 9-11, more or less a night, lost a ton of money. I think it was in the region of 2 to $5 trillion mm. had gone from the National Treasury. This is before Lehman Brothers. This is before all of 9-11. That is before. That's precursor. Think of that what you will. I'm not drawing any conclusions. All I'm saying is, why are we paying it off? Mm. Every week that goes by, bus rates go up 20%. Oh, yeah. like, it's not 20%, well. so 20p. Yeah. Trains go up. Food prices go up, fluctuate, food prices go down, fluctuate. Food waste in supermarkets, all-time high. Things get thrown out. Now we're having stocked problems with toilet paper and stuff like this. It's nuts. It doesn't match truth. And for the millennials out there, this is terrifying. If you've grown up with a walking debt as your main, and you shouldn't have if you're a kid, but hey, you know, we're in a progressive <laughs> world where parents think, yeah, you should watch horror stuff and play violent video games. Why not? I'm just saying we didn't. And there's a just cause that we didn't. When I watched Rambo at the age of four, it terrified me. I ran out of the room screaming because I saw a guy getting his leg chopped off. Absolutely freaked me out. That's the normal reaction, by the way. Mm -hmm. If your four-year-old's going in now and going, oh, that's lame. I can see all of the, <laughs> I can see the dummy and ours, oh, blood and that. I can see that. If that's your kid's reaction now, I'd be deeply concerned, mm -hmm. all right? Desensitized that much mm -hmm. is nuts. So I'm going to put a pin in this. We're probably going to continue this gripe. There's a lot of grievances. I ran over with the coronavirus. We'll probably bring you some grievances again this time next week. But... Just into uh, shut down thoughts here. Just keep rational. And if you are a millennial out there, and some of you are, we all we're, it's our job really to point out stuff isn't as bad as it seems. Please don't have a moralistic edge on this. Okay? Because if you turn around and state anyone that's millennial right now, people are actually dying from this. 
it's just as bad as cancer therefore it's just as bad as murder therefore it's just as bad as death by heart attack or obesity or diabetes or blindness or any of the things that can happen on a day-to-day basis road accidents muggings whatever it isn't and the reason it isn't is because nothing else is being quarantined no freedoms are being taken away and when freedoms are taken away even if it gives you a day off school more time to go on your games more time to go on your phone even if it's an excuse to not talk to human beings and talk to them via text messages or on VR goggles or whatever you're doing, it's still a freedom being eradicated. And all of you need to be cautious about that. Okay, because it's your generation that has to come to my generation at some point down the road and say, excuse me, governments, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. It's your job to do that. So on that note, 70 year olds, if you're out there, Go out, have barbecues, have raves in your back garden, go out clubbing, take advantage of the nightclubs, have a 70s plus night. Yeah, everyone else is yeah. like not on the streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put better music on because you'll have better generations of music, etc., etc. Enjoy yourselves, don't care, have a cup of tea, have a pint of beer, whatever your thing is. Enjoy life because you were here before all of us and you deserve a better break than the governments around the world are giving you. All right? And, uh, if you do have enough toilet roll and this crisis ends next week and you got so much toilet roll you don't know what to do with, wait for Halloween. All your kids are going to love you. <laughs> They'll need it, man. You got anyone going to university? <laughs> Big thing in Freshers Week, trust me. They'll love you for it. Gift we'll be back. Of toilet yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what everyone's going to get for the next three Christmases. <laughs> if you're out there in Hong Kong, you know, and you, 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 I feel, and I'm just going to close out on this, you, I feel, have been the most misinformed. Uh, of all of us, if you're out there in Hong Kong, trust me when I say this, you got no reason to concern yourselves too heavily. It's going to be thrown into your head until you feel like you just got to worry about it to stay normal. Stay smart. Keep doing what you're doing. Basically, unless you've got some kind of uh, asthmatic or pneumonia or bad case with breathing, some kind of lung condition, that's the only reason you should be really alerted everyone else keep washing your hands keep as hygiene as conscious as you can and just enjoy life stop all of this craziness coming into your soul it's bad 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 I really hope people stop spitting in the street yeah i hate that i mean that's literally the worst thing you can do right now just like punch them in the face i think that's why they're stopping footballers that's a, that's a big thing to <gasps> spit on the air. Mm. I've seen it in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People spit on the mat yeah. in wrestling these days. Mm. Not sure why. Not sure why. Never came up when I was doing sports. Mm. Oh, I really need... I've got the need to spit right now. <laughs> really got the... I'm playing a game, a competitive game of football. I really need to make sure that camera's checking my profile out while I do a slow-mo Sony slow-mo spit on the grass so so everyone can copy me in the streets because that's cool right no it's what camels do moving on we'll be back this time same place have more of our grievances next week but from me i'm gonna hand it over to whip for the wrap-up see you next week subscribe to fia gets tubed on youtube for access to all project fia episodes and extras as you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. 
And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. 